0: Welcome to Tesseract Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. Tesseract's mission is to empower airmen, connect them to resources, and accelerate change across the Air Force logistics enterprise. Specifically, our team works as an innovation accelerator assigned to the Air Staff Logistics Directorate, where we partner with airmen to operationalize the new sustainment strategy. Paul Hammer. The. Paul Hammer.
1: The. Paul Hammer. I don't know who yeah. says that. I,
0: you and then maybe me. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Uh, Welcome. It's so, good. Uh, here at Tesseract Podcast, our objective today is to, you know, you know who Paul is and learn about psychological safety and how you can implement that into your work center, to your workplace. And some of those key results are going to look like what are some resources that you can dig into? What are the stages of psychological safety? And what the exact benefits are of having a psychologically safe environment to uh, creating uh, a culture of innovation within the Air Force, since our mission at Tesseract is to connect and power and accelerate, and yeah. accelerate that change. So, um, so let's go ahead and get started. So, you know, Paul, you've been in the Air Force for how long?
1: Oh man, it's uh, twenty three years. Um, last month. Last month on the tenth. Uh, My virtual MPF will tell you I actually got in the basic training the third, but was recycled. So little known. (laughs) fact, I was, I was recycled in basic training,
0: but yeah, 23 years in October. So a little bit of time. Good stuff. The development and the growth throughout your career. And so you've been in for, you know, for a couple of decades now, you've had a lot of lessons learned along the way. Um, what's your AFFC? And what are some of the bases you've been to and maybe you have like a funny, funny story or two.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm POL, uh, a two Foxtrot, um, put gas on planes, right. Uh, sometimes confused with, uh, fuel cell maintenance, completely different career field. Um, POL guys drive the big, big green trucks and refuel the aircraft. That's primarily what we do. Um, and I, I was sent to, uh, Uh, Mildenhall in in the United Kingdom was my first base, 18-year-old kid, dropped in the United Kingdom with a drink at the age of 18, right? Um, And then went to Travis Air Force Base, California for quite some time. From there, went to Kadena Air Base, Okinawa, Japan. Um, From there, got a one-year remote to Osan um, in South Korea. Um, From there, went to Altus Air Force Base. uh, Spent, uh, I think, a little over two years there. Um, went from Altus back to, uh, Mildenhall from Mildenhall, went to Isleson Air Force Base, Alaska, um, and then applied to be on the, the Tesseract team. And here we are in your apartment building in DC podcasting. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and I think, um, several deployments throughout there. Um, I don't know about a funny story, but one of my more memorable, uh, Time periods in the Air Force so far is when I was assigned to the, the forward air refueling point team at uh, Kadena. Um, forward air refueling point teams, or FARP as we call them, are a, a special operations offshoot of fuels. Um, and basically, what you do is you, you put a refueling site down in the middle of nowhere off the back of a C 130 or some other aircraft, and uh, you can re- refuel small aircraft, primarily uh, rotary wing aircraft. Super close to the fight, right? And they can go do their thing and and then you can all come back. Um, And I was deployed to Iraq and did uh, real world combat farps in Iraq. I say combat, but we were, you know, we're pretty even still a little bit further away from the actual fight. So I I think the word combat in there is a little bit uh, misleading. But that was one of my funner deployments. So lots of funny stories, too, as well some appropriate some not
0: (laughs) (laughs) some offline (laughs) yes 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 so how do what let's actually start with what is psychological safety
1: yeah yeah and and, um you know I, i think it's something that we all intuitively feel is the right thing but like that that term psychological safety is relatively new in the space like like a decade right um and and what psychological safety is is a, we'll kind of boil it down to the most simplistic terms. Um, is like if you if you feel comfortable enough in the space to to talk about your thoughts mm-hmm. without fear of them being ridiculed or or you being you know someone someone kind of looking at you like that's a dumb idea or or you kind of being ostracized or any of those things, right? Like if you feel like you can share your ideas and your thoughts and you, you don't fear those things, then you're probably in a pretty psychologically safe environment. Now the reverse is true, right? Like if, if, if there's low psychological safety in the team, um, that's where in your mind you hold back a lot of thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? Whether they be feedback for one of your teammates or a thought on an idea or a thought on the direction where the team is going or, bringing up a problem that you know is going on, like you you hold all those things back because the fear of being ridiculed, being ostracized, being belittled, like those kind of things um, is very, very heavy. So, I, you know, and, and we might get into it a little bit, but uh, Timothy Clark goes on to say uh, a, a psychologically safe environment is one where you feel, um you feel welcomed, right? You're you're uh, welcomed into the group. You can learn. Uh, you can you can challenge the status quo. So those things exist in a in a psychologically safe environment.
0: What are the foundational elements of psychological safety?
1: Um, I there's a there's a connection between uh, trust and psychological safety. They're not synonymous, but I think I think trust it exists in a psychologically safe environment. Um, another thing that you find as a foundational element of psychological safety is just this notion and it's it's uh, the first stage, according to Timothy Clark, it's the first stage of psychological safety is um, this this idea that I accept people just for simply being human, right? So like there's, there's acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, Every, everybody understands, like, okay, regardless of where you come from, the color of your skin, your thoughts, your beliefs, your sexual orientation, any of these things, you belong, and I accept you just because you're a human being. Mm-hmm. So um, as a foundational element, I think that, right, that being kind of step one, mm-hmm. stage one of psychological safety, that's probably the um, one of the foundational elements.
0: And yeah, we got his book right here, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we're we're gonna talk about uh you know some we'll resources. talk about resources yeah, yeah we'll talk
0: about resources here in a little bit but uh, um yeah we have his book right here yep um,
1: Timothy Clark the four stages of psychological safety so let's
0: talk actually well let's dig into the the four stages yeah how yeah. does he define that you know he has a he has a very step by step process yeah. how you can implement psychological safety how you can be more aware of psychological safety. So let's dig into this resource a little bit. What are his four stages?
1: Yeah, so I think um, I think what's important to recognize is like when we're talking about innovation, like his his book is called "The Four Stages of Psychological Safety: Devi- Defining the Path to Inclusion and Innovation." Right. So he's literally talking about how psychological safety plays into the innovation and um, stage one is inclusion, mm-hmm. right? Like I said, like you are including people, like in below, that's the threshold of mm-hmm. of psychological safety, right? Is like this this idea of like below that is exclusion where people are, are ostracized for for reasons, um, you know, like just, uh, you're not like me, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's like the, there's no psychological safety. Stage one where the threshold is, is inclusion. Like people are included in the group, just simply because they're human beings, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and it's interesting when you start to like e- so understanding psychological safety and then really digging into it and like you said, starting to be aware of these things. Like if you start to look around and look about, look around and how um, teams in the Air Force uh, exclude people, even within their own teams, it's interesting because obviously we're all included in the Air Force, so th- there's a blanket inclusion, right? Just yeah, because
0: uniform we- same haircut. Right. Uh, you know, you're part of a uh, united mission.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're, 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 we're wearing Tesseract t shirts today. It's Tesseract T Friday for us. So <laughs> we, we're, it's clear that we've both been included into a group. But is there, is there true inclusion between us? Do I value Matt as a human or is, is there just some kind of like, uh, thinly veiled inclusion <laughs> because we're on the same team? Right. Um, and and you could have exclusion for a lot of reasons, right? Like like we see it with football teams and stuff, and and albeit um, generally a, a well mannered kind of uh, jabs between each other, but can that develop into something more um, more sinister, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't like you because you're a Pats fan, and I, I I give you crap about it every day, right? Like are you eventually going to not come to me for things, right? Like are 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 you not going to tell me the truth, so? So there's inclusion number one, Um, and then stage two is is learner safety, Um, and uh, you know, and if you think about this in terms of the Air Force and and teams, like you you come into a new team, right? And and number one, you have to be included. There's the threshold, And, and then number two, you're you're given permission to learn things, right? And it's not what at that stage, what psychological safety is not is like, hey. Airman Smith, here's your CECs. Um, your your don't come to me for questions, right, man? Like, hey, you got to figure it out on your own.
0: And by the way, you're working
1: twelves. And by the way, you're working twelves, and you got to fit that into your own schedule. And if you don't get a sixty-five on your end of course, like, you're probably going to get kicked out of the Air Force, right? At at a minimum, we're probably going to re- ridicule you and kick you back down to exclusion, right? So so stage two, you've got learner safety and what learner safety in a psychologically safe environment um what it what it looks like is like hey man like i'm giving you permission to learn and i'm i'm taking a knee and i'm getting with you eyeball to eyeball and i'm here for you right like i'm gonna help you through this thing it's not give you all the answers that's not what it is but it's it's like i'm really invested in your learning right i'm giving you the permission to explore that space Mm -hmm. right um so that's, that's kind of learner safety, stage two, right? Stage three is contributor safety, okay? So, and, and again, think about it in the context of a conventional unit where you come in, if you're included, right? Like for the basis, on the basis that you're a human being and we love you and we value you as a human and then you've been given the freedom to learn. Maybe it's not CDCs, right? Maybe you're a seasoned tech sergeant already or a senior math sergeant and you're just learning the, the base, right? The battle rhythm of the base, of the new mission, that kind of thing. Um, and then at some point you're given the permission to contribute, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Hey Matt, what do you, you've learned enough, right? Like you're included, you've learned enough. What are your thoughts on this man? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. like, and you know, if, if we can kind of explore the, the opposite end of that low psychological safety, it's like, it's like no one ever asks for your opinion, right? No one ever values, like we've all been in a staff meeting or something like, I invite airman smith in because i've been told like hey maybe it's nice to invite an airman to but i but it's he ain't he ain't contributing Mm -hmm. right like no one's asking for his opinion or if we ask for his opinion it's just empty words because we've been we've been taught that it's it's good leadership practice to ask for people's opinion but ain't no one listening to him right like what does he know so so stage three is is contributor safety right and you know you've got some psychologically safe environments if really if people are asking for everybody's opinion if if everybody has a voice like an honest voice right mm-hmm. um, and stage four is is challenger safety okay and that's the freedom to and this is where we go from inclusion to innovation and this is where innovation happens right and you can't get innovation without stage four stage four is challenge your safety where you are invited and you are given permission to challenge the status quo right and and if you think about that in terms of like again a, a conventional kind of unit that w- um, you've been in um like is is that really the case are people really being given permission um and are they respected enough to to really challenge the status quo mm-hmm. um and and that's the thing is like to 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 breed innovation, we need to give freedom to people to to challenge the status quo right
0: now let's look at it from the framework continue to look at it from a military framework, starting at stage one the military tends to lean on the fact that there is a visual unified effort right that there is a uniform that there's a haircut that there's a flag that we fight for that we all went to the same boot camp we all went through the same initiation and there is a misconception as to how you need to unify personalities and unify the unique traits of individuals to make them feel included in the conversation and, and contribute to the conversation right and this is seen at all levels of the organization not just an a1c fresh from tech school you know you talk about jokes on a football team you can't spell lost without lt yeah well how do you think how does that make a lieutenant feel right right and you know when a when a second lieutenant fresh from college sits in a staff meeting with an opso that it's a captain or a major that's been in for you know, four, six, eight, ten years, that major might not even ask that lieutenant anything, right? Right. And, uh, or they might ask for their opinion, but uh, oh, this guy just came straight from college. Like, I uh, just brush it on. Even though that guy, that, that kid, that 22-year-old second lieutenant, 25-year-old first lieutenant might have some amazing ideas, right? But he just doesn't have that, that credibility yet. He has to pay his dues, which goes into, you know, that, that stage two where, okay, you know, you're going to be working those 12s, you know, you're going to be, uh, you're going to go through our initiation here at, at this unit. That's where, you know, military units get, get hung up, uh, you know, particularly hung up on is there is a visual representation, right? Of who we are. There is a, what you need to do to become part of the club. And then there's such a, a strict hierarchy, which has its place on the battlefield and in the AOR but does it have a place in culture?
1: Yeah, and and I have a bunch of thoughts on that and I think you know to your point about the uniform and that that being kind of a blanket level of inclusion I think um I think we might have a tendency to 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 kind of think that that's enough inclusion, right? Like just because you enlisted means you're included and I don't need to take inclusion any further. Um, and then we kind of leave it on that, but leave it at that and, and hope that that's enough or, or we don't even think about it in terms of like, am I really truly with my words and my actions, including this individual, or is every, does everybody feel included? Um, and, and am I very deliberate about my, my delivery of my words and my actions so that I communicate that everybody is truly included? and i don't i don't think we do a great job of that and i think um i i think we we need to be very uh, more deliberate about being very clear that people are included and and you know your point about um you know that the person of junior rank is is in my experience is is usually not given a voice um and i i think there's a there's a lot of things about that that it's it's like fighting biology and there's a lot to that um but what's important for us to recognize is I don't care how many degrees you have how how, I've been in 23 years it's very important for me to understand that I don't have the answers and it's not because I'm not a smart guy or that my experience isn't valued my experience is valued and it should hold weight, however, the world is so complex, right? There's just so much going on when you, when you factor in all the external factors that you don't have control over and then you, you put humans in the mix and you know we're complicated. And there's a lot of stuff underneath the, everyone, like we all come to the table with different backgrounds and different thoughts and different understandings and it's such a complex environment. That there's no way anyone can know can know everything, and decision making and sense making of things is like it's like puzzling, right? It's like when when you when you lay out that thousand piece puzzle on the table, you start to work the corners and the edges, and then I start to work the most the most visually uh, appealing thing, right? The, the little house with the red roof, and then and then there you are over there working the house with the blue roof. And I need that piece of information to complete the puzzle.
0: Like or I, you, you got the airman that's working on the blue sky. Yeah, it's so the most difficult part of the puzzle, right? But right. you Want to get after that first,
1: but you got to get after it first, right? Yeah. But but you need all those pieces to to formulate to make a to make a more informed decision because there's no perfectly right decision, but to make a better for, so so you have to recognize when you're when you're sitting at the front of staff meeting or you're having an interaction or whatever it is, you have to understand like. Put aside your ego. You don't know everything, and you need to include people, and you need their opinions, as crazy as they may sound sometimes,
0: because because they might
1: have a piece of the puzzle that you don't have.
0: Right? I, I don't. I don't think that there's a question that if if a major or a lieutenant colonel or a general has an idea that it might carry more weight than you know than an E seven E eighty nine, and that all collapses the psychological safety of a majority of a branch of service right yeah and it if someone feels like they can't contribute simply because of where they stand on the hierarchy or or it, like let's say a senior man who is a five level and working hard every single day they have their hands on the problem they literally have right. their hands on the problem and they know the solution yeah they deal with it every day every single day yet they're not in a position where they can bring it forward to their leadership because oh that's not your position that's not your job it it, that's not that's not your job to fix it there's guys way above you that are that that's their job to fix this issue but but i i know nope yeah nope and they just get turned away and that just totally diminishes a psychologically safe environment and that happens at all levels of the organization you yeah have, you know let's look at it from from a captain's perspective right like a flight commander like a a, a flight commander might have his eyes on a specific problem because he has a good relationship with the section chief and they you know like hey this TO doesn't make any sense right let's uh no hey LT don't waste your time with that don't 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 waste your t- but But sir, nope. Don't you have paperwork to write up for somebody? Yeah. Don't you have? Don't you have something else to do besides make the like make this place better? Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and right. And um, uh, there's another kind of nuance that falls um kind of away from the 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 spectrum of like clear behaviors that that just absolutely shut down psychological safety. I think. There's this uh, this middle area of behaviors that we think are okay, um, and and we're not being a jerk or anything, right? Like, but but just by uh, by nature, the, psychologically, they could say what you're s- saying, right? Like like someone could literally say, "I don't care what you have to say, Matt," right? And that's obviously gonna gonna lower the safety, right? And you're not gonna go to that person. But then there are some other things that we could say, um that we think are, are good language to use, but they also shut those things down and keep people from telling you the truth. Or hey guys. And there are females in the room. Right. Stuff like something that. as small as that. Yep. Um, you know, and, and then then we talk about this this continuum of like uh what what jokes are acceptable, right? Like like we talked about um Generally, people agree like a, a light jab about your football team is, is okay. But, but how is that acceptable in the continuum, right? Like that, that jab that might be acceptable repeated um, when, we have, when we have 30 micro communications a day and we talk five days a week and we talk, you know, however many days a year, like even though those are innocent, the, like
0: th- that is going to lower safety, right? Even worse. Let's think about it most managers across all organizations private sector military don't communicate with their direct reports enough yeah and if that's all you're hearing yeah if that's the if that's all you're hearing within those micro communications and those limited amount of uh, times that you have to because because most managers don't do one-on-ones right right most managers barely have team meetings and the few times that you meet with your quote leader they're ostracizing you yeah or it's perceived by yourself as being ostracized right because and they think that they're being cute or they're being funny or it's just an inside joke and it's just it's simply not the case
1: right yeah exactly so there there's that kind of behaviors then there's other things right like that that maybe we don't even realize we do i think um you know being deliberate about uh not checking your phone while you're talking to someone or if if you're you know if if someone comes into your office and you're the boss, like you can you can stop typing for a minute, right? Um
0: that is oh my God. <laughs> that is my oh my that's Peppy. My, that's my biggest peppy. Yeah. It, it, when and, and someone's just too important. Just yeah. someone's way too important to take thirty eight seconds of their time to just look at you and just have an engaging conversation. Yeah. And it's like you you're not that cool bro right it's yeah because <laughs> you're not that important
1: well and, and you know and it might it might not be intentional but I think what what people need to understand is like once you once you're aware and and if you've listened up to this point and you weren't aware before you should be aware now now, now you are self-aware now you're self-aware yeah. <laughs> um, and you might be asking yourself like it sound this like why 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 is psychological safety important um, why is it important? Yeah, so getting ahead of w- my questions, man. Sorry, I was, I was <laughs> trying to lead you. Um, I'll let you you host.
0: So, so why is psychological? Why, Matt? <laughs>
1: man, that's a good question. Um, so, this isn't the why. We'll get to the why in a little bit, but just a little data to support support the why that we'll get after is um, Project Aristotle uh, was a was a project, an internal project by Google to research why some teams are more effective than other and they looked at something like this so we're talking about 180 teams right we're talking about 150 factors so there's a lot of data here right it's not like that study that's like hey two guys did this thing and one guy improved right like those studies are kind of you gotta you gotta look at those a little close but this is a lot of data and what they found was there's a couple things that determined team effectiveness but the the number one biggest thing that determined team effectiveness was guess matt psychological safety psychological safety right it's not the degrees it's not your your technical skills it's not necessarily all these other things those things are important right um education is important experience is important but think about it in terms of this like you have a team of einsteins that are are competing for for resources are competing for the limelight, are not sharing in- information with each other. They're not valuing each other versus a team of people that are invested and hardworking and relatively smart. They're not Einsteins, but they're 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 good people. But they're sharing ideas, right? And and they feel safe enough to explore this boundary of of challenging the status quo and and they they accelerate each other, right? So instead of having no ideas come out of that that group because they're all fighting for resources you have 10 15 20 magnified ideas right so like you can see you can kind of see once you get that that information you can kind of see why it's important to go after psychological safety because it because people are finding now it is the number one determinant of team effectiveness so if you if you value team effectiveness which if you're if you're in an organization and I refrain from saying if you're a leader in or organization because if you're just in an organization you should value effectiveness
0: and exactly and everyone is a contributor to psychological safety
1: i'm I'm glad you brought that up because there is this notion once people hear about it this that like the man the top like the, the top guy right like whoever that is is the only person who can Model and determine psychological safety,
0: but or like, well, there's something to be said about that too. Where culture is driven from the top down in a lot of cases, where a CEO and their actions and their personality just trickles down across the rest of the organization, and that can be said about the CSAP. That can be said about um, even a section chief, a flight commander, a squad. More, most importantly, a squadron commander. I would say. Uh, a squadron commander has probably the most control of a unit's culture versus really yeah, a- anyone else yes. uh, within an Air Force org.
1: Yes and the 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 guy in the back shop right the, the senior airman in the back shop that, that is just pounding out metals tech with how many guys are typically in a metals tech Shots. Can we say five?
0: Oh uh, there's more than five. Uh, 10 it, it, there could be anywhere from 10 to 20 even 30 okay. it, it depends on the shop we'll
1: go small right yeah, we'll go five. small we'll go five small yeah. smallest metal tech, uh team in the air force um <laughs> there's a guy in there and he's doing his best to create psychological safety right like he's he's giving everyone a voice he's being very deliberate about the language he uses he's including everybody um, he's allowing them to learn he's right he, like he's he's read the books he's read four stages of psychological safety by Timothy Clark and the Fearless organization by amy Edmondson. and he's doing his best Th- that that's effective too and managing up and man right well because there's a there's a manager that's coming in and and is is has touch points with those with those individuals and he sees that right and that that rubs off on him and i I do agree with your point I think you know, the entire organization can't be psychologically safe if the people at top don't support um, that culture. And the people at the bottom are, are also important too. So so the I think the point there is if you're sitting there like, man, what can I do about it? You can do something about it, right? And so, it's
0: also important for people to know what the word psychological safety means, or the term, I should say, the term psychological safety means and, and what embodies psychological safety and how you can build that yeah because a lot of airmen or a lot of people just in general across the world across the country probably can't define psychological safety and uh if you talk about the elements of psychological safety oh i i can give you a definition of trust or communication i can give you a definition of being open and honest and uh having radical candor, but what is psychological safety? And they, that's not, they're not synonymous necessarily. Not all those words are synonymous with psychological safety, but they're in the same realm and they they build upon that, that foundation that is, that is necessary. Um, When we dig into innovation and, you know, even safety, because that's a, that's a big, I mean, psychological safety, you know, that is, a requirement of having a safe environment if you want a truly safe workplace um whether it's from workplace hazards to sexual assault to all of the above psychological yeah. safety is is a firm requirement
1: yeah they've 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 linked um you know yeah mm-hmm. low lower safety incidences um I, I haven't dug into the data, but I, I'm sure it's there. Like you talked about, like, um, this isn't the silver bullet, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it, I don't think it fixes everything, but I have to imagine that if the environment is psychologically safe and someone is struggling with something like suicidal thoughts, then they're, they're more likely to bring that up to someone and seek help. I have to imagine that's the case, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure the data is out there. I just, I'm not going to tell you that I've read it, and and I haven't.
0: And when you were at BMT, or I'm sure in your shop, maybe like a commander's call. You, you ever seen the video of that B-52 crash? Yeah. And you know why that crashed, right? No. Uh-uh. The aircraft commander was known to be a reckless pilot. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and the crew didn't have the psychological safety. To tell to tell him no yeah we we shouldn't be operating this way he would consistently shut people down say no we're gonna do it my way and that cost the lives of his crew
1: yeah and yeah that,
0: that got people killed in an operational sense
1: it, i think that's a great um example because there there's a lot of case studies about um cockpit crew resource management is a technique that pilots use to, to specifically get after that thing right like in the cockpit it's a good case study because there's a there's a hierarchical uh um, environment there right you got a pilot and you got a co-pilot and the co-pilot just not does not um in in many cases just tell the pilot that he's wrong right like we're talking over the hudson you know? yeah well and 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 that what you're talking about with um you know where they landed who was that
0: uh, Captain Sully yeah That's
1: Sully right name. Sully successfully lands this this uh mm-hmm. commercial aircraft in the Hudson that was a psychologically safe environment if you if you look at that tape and how they handled the situation right they they had an issue and it was because the environment was psychologically safe that they were able to do what
0: they did right because from, from top to bottom from, from top to bottom from the control tower yes to the cockpit to the right. flight attendants yep. and even the cooperation you can go as far as say the cooperation of the passengers yeah made everything a psychologically safe environment
1: yeah absolutely um and another resource that we'll we'll kind of uh outline at the end there is is uh the culture code with daniel Coyle, and he talks about um he talks a little bit about psychological safety and he he explores the case of the the missileers Right uh some time ago in the air force and and that's a great case study because it's a military case study and a lot of things happen with with the new culture at the time and and um but specifically the the um officers were were caught cheating on their tests right um and i this is and we could talk about what psychological safety isn't, and I'm not giving anyone a license to cheat right like that is a like like morally right that's an issue but when you kind of unpack that thing like these these officers were were expected to get hundreds on their tests right and the, like it wasn't happening and in, in the the standards just got higher like things just got worse right like there was no the environment wasn't set up where anyone felt like they could they could say hey like this is uh, 100 is unobtainable like it's it's not uh it's, it's just not feasible to expect everyone to get 100% on their test, right? Um, no one could, no one, so what did they do? They cheated, right? Yep. And, and, again, not, not giving them the license to cheat um, and not alibiing for them, but, like, when you set up that environment, it's, it's tough to fathom a world where they had,
0: they didn't feel like they had any other options, And right? what's ironic is whenever someone does get 100 on the test, you go to think, did this person cheat yeah yeah you know, so
1: <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah. it's it's counterintuitive you know like if someone gets 100 on a on a promotion test like you're gonna be like you're gonna investigate oh yeah yeah you're we gonna be had,
0: we had one guy at bmt got 100 on his eoc I'm like are you osi yeah yeah <laughs> right
1: like like everybody's like that's not it's because because we know that it's just not likely right like mm-hmm. like the the chances of you getting 100 are a lot not that it's not possible but it's just not—it's not, it's not highly, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely, right? It's just—it's just the way things are, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so once you kind of dig into um, case studies and you and you understand psychological safety, um, and you get a good clear picture of what psychological safety looks like, and and then what it doesn't look like, it it should be very clear to everybody that it's worth pursuing.
0: So let's talk about. Let's dig a little bit deeper into that. 100 percent mentality and let's compare that to let's say another part of the Air Force let's look at let's look at special operations some of the leadership principles and tenets that embody the the special operations realm it's failure and accepting failure and being okay with failure and growing ultimately growing from that failure you have to be safe to fail, right? And that's only built in a psychologically safe environment through team communication, uh, through an open flow of information. And that is essential on the battlefield. And special operations teams, whether it's a a combat controller, attack P, a rescue men, a special reconnaissance, even, you know, SEALs, uh, force reconnaissance in the Marine Corps, all of those teams ensure that there is an open flow of communication in any battle space whether it's pitch black and you're in your NVGs or if it's in the middle of the open desert and you're you're spread out in in a firefight there's uh, you have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to trust the individuals that you're going to war with and there's never an expectation of 100%. There's an expectation that you're going to fail and you're going to learn from that failure. And we can even go as, uh, you know, talk about that from a, uh, a QA perspective too. Uh, oh, you didn't meet uh, a 95%. You didn't meet a 98%. You know, sometimes you're going to screw up. You know, sometimes uh, a machine isn't going to be clean. Sometimes your fire extinguisher isn't going to be signed off. Yeah. And that shouldn't determine your career. That shouldn't determine an A one C from getting uh B T C, right? Oh, you gotta you got a QA fail because your your program was just a little off.
1: Right. Yeah, and and you know, I I've certainly been in um staff meetings where where the QA the kind of weekly or monthly wrap up um is viewed in, in staff meeting and um there's always this this idea like it's it's at ninety nine one hundred percent you know what I mean and and talk about the the things that you can do to increase psychological safety or decrease them it's like how how do the people in the room how do they they handle that right like just as an example um because you can either say you can say things like if it's at ninety eight percent you can say what happened why is this not a hundred right and and that right there, like how how much more willing are people to bring you the bad news and the failures when when you say things like that mm-hmm. or or when you say things like hey we're at we're at ninety ninety eight percent is it is it reasonable to assume that we we probably have more failures than that because because i I fail quite often right like as a you know and, and kind of express express, be vulnerable as a leader, um, be vulnerable first and be vulnerable often and model
0: the behavior that
1: failure is. Not only is it is it, is it acceptable, but it's probably likely.
0: Mm-hmm. You and know? We even tie that into an operational sense here at Tesseract. We use, and we'll dig into this in, in some future episodes and content uh, in OKR. In OKR, you're not expected to reach 100% of right. your goal and that's how we create our our operational framework is you know we anticipate reaching 80 to 90% of what we set out to do but we are being aggressive with what we're going to accomplish and if we hit 100% great but maybe we could have hit 110% of that goal Yeah, and continuing to, to push yourself and push yourself in the right direction allowing that space for growth is an incredibly important you know even from a results standpoint and that is how tesseract takes uh, a theme of like psychological safety right because there's yeah. a lot of different directions you could take but we tie that in directly into how we accomplish our mission right
1: Yeah. And, um, just another thought I had, uh, back up one minute and talk about, uh, you know, failures in the term in the, in the realm of like QA and, um, kind of its link with psychological safety. Um, when Amy Edmondson kind of, uh, headed down the path of before she knew psychological safety was going to be her, the, the, the area she pursued for, for a decade or so, um, she got hired on to look at, uh, Failures in hospitals, and in terms of like um, if if the wrong medicine was prescribed or things like that, right? Um, and she she first got the data back, and there was a clear correlation that was uh, statistically significant between um, the strength of the team, the effectiveness of the team, and the number of errors. So she was super excited, right? Like, uh, got it. But then she 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 did some digging in the. Um, the correlation was the wrong way. There was more failures in high-performing teams, mm-hmm. and less failures in um, in in poor-performing teams. And right, like instead of getting like throwing the the bathwater the baby out with the bathwater, and like because that would have been bad, right? Now she writes a book that says like, "Hey, the 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 key is to be a low-performing team," right? She didn't do that. She sat back. She she thought about it. She looked at it again. And she came up with this concept of psychological safety and did some more research. And turns out the high-performing teams, because they were psychologically safe, they reported more errors, right? The the low-performing teams committed more errors, but they reported less errors. So the lesson there is like, things are happening that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. I promise you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in an organization and the organization is doing anything there are errors mm-hmm. people are making errors and you don't know about them if you have a if you have low if you have not created an environment that supports people coming to you and telling you about those errors you're never going to find out about them mm-hmm. and it's going to be too late right it's going to be a challenger scenario or something of that nature right
0: you think uh, it's like a, a platoon of infantry marines after an op right they come back, and they have an after-action review, right? Yeah. You do your after-action report. How often do you think they say, all right, nothing nothing, nothing to review. You guys no, did a great job. You guys, there was yeah. never a
1: time where you screwed up and could have got killed.
0: Yeah, ne- nev- never a time. Perfect. Every day that we are stateside, working on aircraft, we are training to go to war. Yeah. And we're going to be put in harsh environments at some point to maintain aircraft and we're going to be in remote places where nothing's going to be perfect you know you've done maintenance overseas you've done maintenance deployed and everyone that I've, I've talked to that's done maintenance in Afghanistan and Iraq it's different yeah and you have to be flexible and it's not going to be that you know QA 100% every single time we yeah. got to get those jets in the sky and we got to win wars
1: yeah and um you know one thing I thought about uh while you were talking about that was again back to some kind of some of the just the the body language or the or the verbiage you use when people bring failures or mistakes or whatever bad news to you um, and there's this idea from from Daniel coyle embrace the messenger and typically we hear what do we what do we typically hear about? the messenger pow
0: <laughs> yeah right there's
1: so there's shoot the messenger yeah. and then and then there's you know that 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 was kind of civil war a guy wrote up with the the note said they were on your left flank and he shot him yeah. <laughs> and then and then it came and then it went to don't shoot the messenger now what i would challenge you in terms of building psychological safety is just not shooting the messenger is not enough right because that could be like you know I, Johnny brings you bad news and you go, <sighs> all right, man, let's, what is it, right? Like just that, Th- are they gonna bring you bad news again? Right? Cause there's gonna cause, be no more messenger. Cause there's gonna be no messengers you coming to your door and you need the messenger. So, yeah. so instead of that, because you have to understand like sometimes the person bringing the message has, has one stripe, two stripes, and you have three, four, five, six, whatever. A um, couple bars. A couple bars, whatever. Maybe an oak leaf. You know, maybe, right, maybe a bird. So so they're already concerned about that dynamic. They're already coming into that situation, um, and, and they're their brain's already firing all these chemicals, right, and they're worried about it. And here you are, even just so much
0: as, like, what? You can even imagine as a, like, you imagine being a major that's been in for, like, 16 years, and you have to go to report to a full bird, yeah. Or, um, you know, or general about something that that went wrong. Even someone at that level of the organization, is, still has the same emotions. Yeah. As well, because they're human. As an a- exactly, as an A one C that has to go to their staff sergeant that they might not have the best relationship with, and um, and yeah. talk about. Um, uh, staff sergeant, I uh, I left a tool on the flight line. Are you effing kidding me? Yeah.
1: Right. Instead, instead of going like, and I know it. Right. It's counterintuitive and it's hard, and that's why not everybody is practicing these because it's it's mm-hmm. hard. But instead of that, it's like you know what? I appreciate that because without that piece of information, that tool is still out there, and I don't know about it.
0: And now we can do something
1: about it. So I appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. So this isn't going to be solved just with this one podcast with, oh, with our wish. listeners out there. I, you know, we wish <laughs> that would be a good podcast. <laughs> it's going to take steps yeah. and deliberate effort in resources. And, you know, while we know not everyone is going to, you know, we have some, you know, we have a few books up here that are phenomenal, Yep, great resources to dig into, to learn about psychological safety. But we know that, you know, it's not realistic that everyone is gonna pick up these books and read them, yeah, so what are some uh where are some places that our airmen can go or people can go to dig in to learn more about psychological safety yeah, I
1: think uh i would I would not sleep well
0: tonight if
1: I didn't start with us mm-hmm. I think you can reach out to to tesseract there is the absolute game changing war winning idea sitting in some airman's head on the flight line mm-hmm. but he is not comfortable putting it out there because he doesn't feel safe mm-hmm. you know i there's there's so many things or like your your team is performing what appears to be adequately by all conventional metrics but there's this space between where they're performing now to where they could possibly pre- perform the potential untapped by just by allowing people a safe space to explore their thoughts.
0: Well, I mean, what do you t- hey our jets are getting up in the air. Yeah. And hey, so what's the problem? We met the sorties. Yeah. We we met, you know, you know, we got enough sorties in the air or we need to be more deliberate about our healthy airmen and incorporating that. Into how we measure success.
1: Yeah, that that's a great point, right? Maybe maybe the improvement is not it cannot be found in conventional metrics. Maybe your your uh, aircraft availability does not go up; it stays the same. But and and sit down for this one. But maybe people start wanting to come to work. Yeah, right. Like, and I'm yeah. not saying they're not at your unit. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I just right like like do they I mean do they
0: that is an important question that I think each individual should ask themselves and like am I excited to come to work am I excited to jump out of bed and get after it and are my people feeling that way yeah and you can see that through uh, particularly in the civilian world you can see that through absenteeism yeah very because you can call in sick a lot easier in the civilian world than you can in the military. And a little bit of, you know, part of my background, when I was a a manager in the civilian world, our team went from the bottom to the top and with the least amount of call-outs and the least amount of late-ins because we had built psychological safety within that organization with one-on-ones with each employee every single week for at least 30 minutes and team meetings where the team got to collaborate and communicate and we'd have a potluck at least once a month where everyone brought food and had a chance to talk over food and compliment each other about how good their casserole was right yeah and also by giving them consistent feedback and not just waiting for one time a year or two times a year for counting midterm feedback if that ever happens and when you build that all of those elements of taking that two pronged approach of leadership and management, right? But then you you combine that with coaching, mentorship, feedback, team meetings, and that genuine development. That's how you. Th- those are some of those foundational elements of how you build that baseline yeah. for that psychological safety, and people start coming to work and enjoying to come to work. Yeah. So if you have if you have an airman, a senior airman. Or even, it doesn't have to be junior enlisted. It could be senior enlisted. It can be a J.O. If they're coming to work late, maybe they're struggling to get out of bed because of the environment that's created.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you can take that same approach with looking at kind of any um, problems. For, for strictly listeners, I'm doing air quotes problems, right? Because by that, I mean like people being late you know, in, in errors, um, people not following checklists, kind of like a symptom. It's not right. It, it, Very rarely is it just someone like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna do my job today. Very rarely is that and and that happens, right? But but I think the more likely scenario is if you really look at like take a take an honest look about and, and think about those things we talked about, right? Is there is there inclusion as as the first stage of psychological safety is there is there learner safety are people do they have permission to learn right like can that staff start and say hey i don't know how to do that and is there people rally around them and and help teach them right so that they can learn is there is everybody free to contribute and by that we we mean like really free to contribute not just like Hey, you guys, drop your drop your comments in the in the box, like in the annual survey, in the right, like in the uh, annual uh, survey, in the like Ant climate, right, right, in the DOX, You know what I mean? Is there is there actual contribution, and people are free to really contribute, and then are people are people really free to challenge the status quo?
0: People aren't even feeling free, and this goes with a lot of you know organizations with the the comment box like oh put your opinion in this little wood box yeah that's hammered into the wall right and nothing will change yeah like, people don't even feel comfortable enough to walk up to that box and put in a piece of paper
1: yeah th- a word of caution right and in this journey cuz we've got you hooked and you're like i'm i'm starting to breed a culture of psychological safety tomorrow that's my mission we've got you there so like one word of caution is don't don't change your verbiage to 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 support psychological safety and then do nothing because that research has showed that is worse than not changing your verbiage at all like because people have a huge uh a highly effective uh m- measurement of b s right like people are really
0: good people's b s detectors are so good. Yeah,
1: they're good. Yeah. Right. Um. So, so like, if if you're gonna do it, you have to follow up the. And and here's the here's the thing that's funny about this is like, if you try it and you screw it up, but you're open about that, you're like, hey, I'm trying to be better at this, and they see you honestly try, even though you're you, it's not happening at a super fast rate. Like people are okay with that because they understand. It is hard to change, Mm -hmm. right? But they see you making an effort. But if you say you're gonna do something and then you don't do anything, that is worse than not doing anything at all.
0: And it even goes to a small of a example is, like let's say your boss says, I'm gonna get pizza on Friday. Yeah. And forgets and doesn't do it. Yeah. Right, it's like. They remember. Yeah. Your followers, your teammates, Remember something as small as that. So imagine if someone says, "Hey, I'm going to put you in for an award," and they don't, and they never do it. Yeah.
1: Well, and in in the pizza example, you know what I mean. Like, like forgetting is 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 a mistake. So the 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 real danger lies when you don't ever own up to your mistake.
0: Like, oh, I forgot. Uh,
1: But Monday, uh, come in with pizzas and tell everybody and their brother you forgot and you apologize.
0: So right. some people still might hold a grudge. They might. Yeah. Right. But, right. but But you're gonna reduce that by such a like a significant yeah, amount. Yeah. Like right. If you, have, you can't please everybody. You can't. Yeah. You can't please everybody. I think that's another important point. You know, it's like and that that right. goes with the gray of leadership and back to kind of what we were talking about initially is, you know, not everyone is gonna be happy with every decision that you make. Yeah. However, you're going to win more people over with you know. A genuine, yeah, you know, approach with radical candor, with uh, being vulnerable and uh, admitting mistakes, and just saying, "Hey, look, I screwed that one up." Yeah, and uh, you know, and same
1: same with the the other stuff you're talking about, right? Like like everybody screws up. I mean, you know, you, you you put in your honest effort, and everybody screws up. And that's that's the thing about failure is like it's so hard to um, admit failure. But it, what's interesting about that is like everybody fails. Mm -hmm. everybody well and and it's important to explore failure a little bit because we we say we talk a lot about failure now and i think the space of of innovation and leadership and personal development and all those kind of things are are there's more books written about failure now than there was five ten years ago right um and there there's it's important to kind of take a minute and look at failures for like what what is it like in in terms of innovation? And like, you got a good hypothesis that you that you developed off of sound research and all those kind of things, and it it doesn't work out. Like that's okay, yeah, right. And
0: that's failing forward, you know. And it, yeah, it, but people, some people want to use failing forward as like some cool like you know cute yeah. catchphrase as, Oh, you are gonna fail, but you can fail forward if you are not in a position where like a, a mental position where you can grow and adapt and the people around you can understand where you know you're coming from and the context then no one's going to grow from that failure right yeah and 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 then the other um instances of
1: failure sometimes that are that are that we shouldn't celebrate are the ones where like the you know breaches of morality and like those kind of things right like um, and there's certainly lessons to learn from those two, and like you know there there's a big space to talk about like how you go from those two but but those are not necessarily celebrated right those aren't those shouldn't be looked at in the same respect generally when we're talking about failure in the space of innovation it's like you know like we we challenged the status quo um we did our research and it just didn't work out yeah, it's
0: different than the uh oh Thomas henderson. Ten thousand yeah broken light bulbs right you know? yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah so I think right to kind of back to like what can I
0: do if i'm if I'm someone that's interested in psychological safety well let's let's get you connected let's get you connected out there right so um you know you can reach out to us at www.tesseractaf.com dot com and we can we'll have resources there yeah we'll have um, or a direct line of communication to us. Um, you can get connected on our Slack page. So just go ahead and uh, shoot us a DM on uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, slide into the DM. Yeah, slide in those DMs, and we'll get you uh, we'll get you hooked up with uh, with our Slack network, so you can start uh, contributing to the conversation. Um, yeah, and it's as easy as like m- making a commitment
1: and. And you know we do a lot of the other stuff for you. Like you got to be out in the battleground, slugging it out, um, and that's that's the hardest thing. But but we try to take as much of the the burden of of the material and survey and that kind of stuff off of you. Um, so it's it's a partnership. It's not just just to reiterate, we don't we don't drop you off in an island and and leave you there. We we walk as as much as we can through it with you. Hand in hand,
0: there is learner safety.
1: There is in, there is inclusion. Inclusion. There is learner safety. There will eventually be contributor safety, and then challenger safety.
0: Absolutely, all of those things are
1: are there. Yeah, present.
0: And we're gonna yeah coach, develop you through this process. We're gonna be there step by step. It's yep. not easy. It's it's not going to be easy, especially in a culture and an environment that doesn't have that built in. Right now. well, there's some leaders out there in the air force that embody these characteristics and share these values.
1: Yeah. I think the time is now to your point, right? Like, like general Brown just wrote a paper that I think supports, it doesn't necessarily talk about psychological safety, but if you, if you take this context and you look again at that paper, it's there. Um, You see a lot of uh, chief Bass's um, stuff on facebook like she talks a lot about culture it's there right the fact that tesseract exists i think that afworks exists spark cells exists. i think the fact that all those exist is a is a nod to that we're on the precipice of like something huge some huge momentum there are some you know but but and and one thing i would point out to your point matt is like don't don't be discouraged by that because it's not anyone's fault right it's just it's it's, it, there was, um, you know, it, there was not necessarily a need for psychological safety until relatively recently, right? Like you you were in a factory pulling the lever, making the widgets. Like there wasn't a whole lot of space for for thought and innovation and that kind of stuff. Um, now we need it, and now is the time. And we might be a little bit behind the power curve and changing, but it's no one's fault, right? so
0: uh, you know what other books can can our airmen dig into or right, if there's any other um, you know podcast or author yeah or uh, you know individuals you could think of that yeah. are you know leadership, psychological safety gurus
1: for sure um, yeah, so I think um, on the podcast front if you're a, if you're a podcaster but no podcast, Podcast D. podcast i don't know the <laughs> vernacular there but you know if you like to listen hey, to podcasts.
0: if you're a faithful listener to test rack podcast yes there are a couple other resources that you can dig
1: into yes uh g- get on your favorite um podcast mechanism and just and type in i would i would say type in amy edmondson um psychological safety um Daniel Coyle, both of those are really great starts.
0: Brené Brown as well. Brené Brown uh, Dips into the subject as well. Yep, for sure. The Power of Vulnerability. Yes. It's a great audiobook.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I Brené Brown also has a Netflix special that's like, you know, kind of like a primer on her and vulnerability and she does some fantastic stuff. Um I would re- I would highly recommend if you're if you're a reader, if you're not a reader, then become a reader. That's, yeah. It's as simple <laughs> as that. that. If you're yeah. not a reader, get on audiobooks. Yes. If like, you're, yeah.
0: Get Audible, and it will change your life.
1: Yeah. You have to, you, I, um, reading is not the, the only way to develop yourself, but, but man, you're missing a, a huge chunk
0: of value if you're not reading. And by the way, none of these are paid endorsements.
1: Yes. These are not, these are the views of Paul Hammer and Matt
0: Miranda Soli. And this is not the view of the United States Air Force. Yes. So, great point. Um, these are, Uh, These are just resources that we independently came across and uh, personally enjoy and found useful and applicable and relevant to what we need to build as we connect and power and accelerate across the Air Force and build that culture of psychological safety and innovation.
1: Yes, great point. so so daniel Coyle's uh culture codes real good um then i would recommend amy edmondson's the fearless organization i think that's also um easy to read that is is solely about psychological safety um so that digs you a little bit deeper down that rabbit hole if you really like that and you kind of want to start to like get really nerdy about psychological safety um timothy clark's the four stages of psychological safety um, defining the path to inclusion and innovation is really good, um, and then if you even want to go deeper, this is like we're like four levels deep now. Um, <laughs> psychological safety: the key to happy, high-performing people and teams. Um, Dan Radeke, um, and then a bunch of other people, co- core people. So, um, yeah. So those are some resources, but like we said, I think I think um, simultaneously while you dig into that, contact us and. Um, and ask us about pulse.
0: Yeah, um f- uh follow us on LinkedIn, uh tesseract af, uh also www.tesseractaf.com and just connect with us on our network. Um slide in our DMs. Uh <laughs> go ahead. And, it's so uh, fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> use uh,
1: use the code tesseract for 15% off. No, yeah, that's not
0: a thing. Yeah. Not not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Yeah, you, you, maybe one day you'll get <laughs> one get day a, hat, we'll get a yeah. yeah. Uh, patches. Um, But please connect with us at Tesseract AF, and the power of Tesseract is through our network, right? And um, the bigger network that we have believing in innovation and and psychological safety and growth and development, the more successful uh, we will be as an Air Force, as a military. And uh, that, I think tying it all back to the health of our airmen and the the resilience of our airmen it, it all goes back to if you dig deep enough psychological safety I believe so I think we've peeled this onion to the core maybe maybe not to the core
1: but yeah, yeah. pretty <laughs> I think we've done pretty well um, yeah. there's always an opportunity to for a
0: yeah. for is that a even rehash. a saying peeling onion to the core
1: it is now just made it do onions
0: have course i don't think so (laughs) i don't know you know but yeah we, we dug pretty deep into that um but this is just to get you started and um you know you might feel like you're jumping in the deep end but that's because you are yeah and and that's what you have to do to be successful and you're gonna feel like you're treading water at first but that's why we're gonna be here to help you out and to make your section your squadron your wing uh the most successful wing in the air force right so uh so we can continue to be the best yep air force absolutely aim fly (laughs) aim (laughs) high aim Aim, fly (laughs) fly fight win fly fight win all right all right Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Any references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseractaf.com.